Hi and welcome to this Formula One podcast. I'm Oscar and I'm joined by my co-host as usual. Hello, I'm Daniel and we're here today to talk about the upcoming Brazilian Grand Prix. But as we usually do, we're going to start off with the last race, which was in the United States. I want to start with the fight for the drivers championship between the two Mercedes drivers. Now coming into this race, Bottas had to win. That was the only thing he had to care about. If he won, he could have kept the fight going. And that's exactly what he did. Bottas finishing first in the United States. That was a really good race. Yeah, he did his work. I say, Yeah, he, he was really good. And uh, yeah, he deserved the win. Like he, he, he was on pole and he, he turned it into a win. And very well so. So he deserves that. But moving on to the other Mercedes driver, Lewis Hamilton. Bottas did what he had to do to keep the challenge going. But even if Bottas won, which he did, Hamilton would still have to finish below eighth to not win the driver's standings after last race. And he finished second. (laughs) So with that, Hamilton wins his sixth driver championship after I would say also a really good race from him doing a one-stop uh, whereas, uh, whereas uh, Bottas and Verstappen and I believe with Claire as well uh, around him I did two stops yeah, I, I remember right. it. They, they did that yeah yeah so yeah <laughs> he's now got six ch- uh, titles he's now the second the second most, wait, how would you say it? The driver with most titles, second mm-hmm. most, behind Michael Schumacher, who has seven. Yeah, and I think he will beat that. Beat it, I'm not sure. Level it, I can definitely see it happening. We now got one more year before the new regulations, before the new cars come. Yeah, that's that's this... the thing that speaks against Hamilton there. Yeah, there's only got one more for year. Those rules, I think he would have beat Schumacher. Yeah, well, he, stand, he still can. Yeah. But because uh, since these regulations that we have right now got introduced, Mercedes have won every single drivers and constructors. Wow. I believe. I believe they've won both drivers and constructors each and every year wow. since this regulation opened. That's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, and they have a chance to, to fulfill that. They have one more season. If Hamilton wins again, which he is in the best car overall, Ferrari was supposed to challenge them, but they have been a little bit too much up and down. Rebels catching up is still behind them, and he is the best driver on the uh, in the field still. I'm still here holding him and Verstappen uh, higher up than everybody else, pretty much. They're the top two, but I still Hamilton is better than Verstappen still. So he is he is the best driver, and he's in the best car. So. A seventh driver standing uh, driver championship for Lewis Hamilton. I, I can definitely see and that happening. Feeling like the era, era of Mercedes, of Mercedes, it would be remembered as. Yeah, definitely. And who knows? Maybe the start of the next era will also be Mercedes. Like, it, it, just because they change uh, the uh, the base concept pretty much of how the car's being built, doesn't matter. The Mercedes is going to be bad at it. So. Who knows? That would be an interesting thing to follow, at least. Yeah. 
But yeah, talking about Mercedes, let's move to the third place. Verstappen. And I think he did what he could to try to uh, challenge the Mercedes today. Or not today. It was a few days ago. <laughs> this race. Yeah. Um, but he finished third. Only He finished less than a second behind Hamilton. And if it wasn't for a uh, Magnus crossing a, a yellow flag in the best overtaking turn in the entire track, turn 12, if he hadn't done that, I think Verstappen might have been able to pass Hamilton. Now the best opportunity, uh, over, overtaken opportunity. Well, I can't speak today. Sorry about this. Uh, got, got taken away and thus didn't manage to pass him. And yeah, third. And they actually have an impressive, in my opinion, uh, difference to the fourth place in seconds. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we have to talk about that more because you have Verstappen in, in third. We have Albin in fifth, another great race from him. Yeah. But the guy in fourth, Charles Leclerc. What, what happened? Ferrari there? was supposed to be strong the rest of the season. Yeah. Like, they were supposed to be the favorites. In this race, both him and Vettel, just from the start, they didn't have the pace. Because if you look at Leclerc, he finished a full 52 seconds behind Bottas. Yeah, that's almost a minute. And, yeah, and that's not good enough for for a Ferrari that's supposed to challenge the Mercedes up top. Oh, that's terrible. And, yeah, and he was the Ferrari with better luck, which is even worse. Vettel started second on the grid. By the first corner, he was third. After the first sector, he was uh, fourth, and then he just kept on dropping. Oh. I think by the time lap seven came around, he was down in sixth position. Maybe, yeah, he was down in sixth position at the time, or seventh maybe even, when he hit a bump right outside turn nine, and his right rear suspension failed completely. And just, yeah, broke off pretty much. Yeah. Making that, the car undrivable. Exactly. It looked like the left front end was up in the air. Well, it was. Yeah. <laughs> it actually looked, when I saw it live, it almost looked like he was actually starting to fly. Yeah. That like he was leaving the circuit. He was screwed. Which is not good for a Formula One car to do. <laughs> now he was just screwed. This, screwed this. I'm going away. Yeah, just but such a bad race. He wanted to fly away from it. Exactly. So yeah, I think the positive thing for Vettel, he only had to live through this nightmare seven laps. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, I guess, okay, I can't take this anymore. Yeah, Ferrari was just nowhere. Oh, that that's and, not good in any way. Like. Being almost a minute after the leader, like, what? Yeah. And this comes right after uh, Red Bull have said, like, said that we're going to try something to the FIA and they blocked it. So it's like, no, you can't do this. Went out with a uh, just a notion to every team you're not allowed to do this. And according to what I've heard, that was actually Red Bull's way of trying to find out why Ferrari is so fast yeah. thing. And then the race afterwards this happened. I don't know if this is connected. I have no proof. I yeah. like it's only rumors. 
And I hope that you just had a bad day that this wasn't connected because in that sense, all the good form this year has been um, done by stretching their limits almost till the breaking point, maybe even over the breaking point. Yeah, I hope that's not the case. Yeah. I guess we'll see in next race because now they've gone out with another thing that is banned uh, from now on. The FIA has gone out with another thing that Ferrari also been accused of doing during the season, which is let a little bit of oil, I believe, from the cooler drop into the uh, burning engine, which gives them more power. Oh, yeah. That's, that's how they're so fast in Q3. That has been a, a, a running idea or like thing that might think why Ferrari is so quick and if now that turns out that Ferrari is almost uh, like anywhere nowhere they're behind Mercedes and Red Bull heck they might even be challenging the McLarens if it's that bad like yeah ouch that's gonna hurt okay. I hope it doesn't happen because that means they were they were dealing with some things that weren't quite allowed but yeah time will tell Exactly. I, I have uh, no answers here. If but, we yeah. look, if I think it is like that, if we look on the uh, before and after the break now, and uh, Albon's climb and everything, if this continues, Ferrari will have some problems next season. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Like they would. Of course, they have some time. Still, they have a few months of down season to try to build a better car again. But Mercedes, Red Bull has done massive strides. Mercedes have have accepted the challenge, roasted the challenge even, and got an even better car. Yeah. Last year, I had a weakness, the Mercedes car, that it was too long and it was hard, bad on uh, very narrow courses, like narrow turns. Now that's not a problem anymore. Now the problem is a little bit of top speed, but they're such a good drivers, both of them, that that, that doesn't really matter because even though Ferrari was supposed to be fast in the straight line this season, Mercedes managed to keep up. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. yeah. Ferrari has some thinking to do. If I'm not totally incorrect here, the next year's car should be almost out of the uh, making. Not the small True. details, but most of the cars should already be build, built. Yeah. And if that is so, then Ferrari has a real problem going into the start of the next season. Yeah, like uh, I, I hope they can solve it because the more teams up there, the better. Yeah. Although, to be fair, I don't think that will happen next season. I think it's going to be the same three top teams and yeah, Mercedes, uh, sorry, McLaren. Is going to start try to close that gap. Renault is going to try to close that gap. Haas is going to try to not have as bad a year, but the real change is going to hopefully happen in two seasons' time. Yeah, and Williams uh, can uh, sit down and say at least it can't get worse. Okay, it can't get worse. They they can get zero points next season, but almost yeah. can't get worse. Yeah, but I, I think still think that they made some progress. Yeah, they really this did. Season. I think. Overall, I think they should be happy because it, it's it's never easy to take a car and pretty much remove 10 years worth of building on it, which is pretty much what they've done coming into the season. Like 10 years of aerodynamic 
ideas and progress have been much just drift away. We need to start from the basics. So, yeah. yeah. No wonder it's been a bad card this season, but yeah. Next season, if they can fight with the midfield, that's a massive win. Yeah, but the question is, so, will they do that? Will they get that amount of money and everything into it? Because they're changing the rules the season after. Yeah, time will tell. Like, will they actually pour in money enough to do that? When that, like, uh, when uh, they they have to rebuild the car in a lot of ways this already this season after. Yeah, maybe not. It, it depends on I think how close they are to how how close they believe they are to getting some points. Yeah. And maybe a higher and maybe not even finish last in the construction this season. Because that would mean a little bit more money coming into the twenty twenty season. Yeah. Whether changes are gonna happen. Because now they're in the le- in a league of their own. Yeah, the, in a negative way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. But yeah, like. Yeah. Let's. We... Uh, why not continue the top drivers? Yeah. Talking about Mercedes, talking about Red Bull, talking about Ferrari. Let's move to Daniel Ricciardo in sixth. That's a really positive thing seeing him up there again. Yeah. They talked before the, the weekend much about the fight between Renault and Re- Racing Point and Toro Rosso fighting for that fifth position. And if Toro Rosso managed to get it, it would be the best place ever. And like this entire talk that they had. And after this race, I think Renault is safe in fifth because they are now 18 points clear of Racing Point. Yeah, the match is between Racing Point and Toro Rosso about the sixth place. Is it? Yeah, it's only one point in that, thanks to Paris finishing 10th here in the United States. Yeah, this is going to be an insane race for the, the, that place. Yeah. But I got to say, like the, the fight between Ricardo 6th and Norris 7th was some of the most interesting fights to see all race. So they were fighting a lot during the season. They, they weren't over the line at any point. Like they weren't, they weren't pushing each other stupid. But... They had some really interesting fights. Absolutely close. It might have even been lap one, lap two. Ricardo and Norris closing in on Vettel. And Ricardo overtaking Norris on the inside. Norris had to go through the the outside in uh, turn 14, uh, 13, 14. And then his only chance is to go on the inside of Ricardo into 15. But by doing that, he also cuts inside Vettel in that same corner and actually passes Vettel on track. Ouch. And, <laughs> yes, yeah, just amazing racing. I love to see it. Yeah. And, okay. like, it's, it's amazing. Like, it's, it's the, uh, the guy with the routine, Ricardo, I guess the rookie of Norris. But that didn't. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's just amazing, amazing to watch. Yeah, but like, uh, and Haas problems continues. My other thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! What ha- really? What happened to them this season? Something went wrong, and they haven't been able to fix it. Yeah, that's prob- probably the most easy way to say it. Exactly. As a surprisingly good McLaren has been. As 
in this other direction house goes. Yeah. Yeah, we were <laughs> we were literally, I believe, flipping point. Uh, we were thinking Haas in fourth yeah. and McLaren in ninth. Now it's McLaren in fourth and Haas in ninth. Yeah. So. So. That's that's uh, no turn. Let's actually check it. Oh, we have Renault in fourth. We All have right. Haas in fifth or sixth, depending, depending on who you ask. But still, oh. it's almost like we switch phase or something. Yeah. Okay, so I was doing a little bit of a dream scenario then, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, that that that's just strange. Like they, but I, I'm happy for uh, McLaren at least. Yeah, they've been doing some, and Norris and Science seems to be doing so well as a team as well. They, they seem to really like each other, and they really have fun beside the track, and that that helps when trying to build a team. Yeah, and the Haas team when drivers, drivers like each other. Yeah, I don't think they like each other in the same way. Like they have been fighting a lot. Well, they've been fighting on track. Yeah, and I don't know if they're fighting off, no, at, off tr- on track at least. Like <clears throat> those fighters, fights haven't always looked like they're teammates at all. No, but uh, yeah, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. I didn't before. I thought Haas should release one of them during the summer break. And they didn't. And now they even signed them both up for next season as well. So, you know, they have had no idea, no plans like um, like I thought they should have. And yeah. Yeah, I think they they were talking about the same thing there, actually, before the break. And to be fair, they have been better since after the break. So, uh, I mean, fighting wise. Yeah, yeah, fighting wise, they've been better. They've, but been, no. they've been good fighting wise. The car hasn't been there, but they're trying. Yeah. They're working hard, and that's all you can do, really. So, yeah. but one thing that was interesting from the race, I remember the order, like yeah, what, what was it? Attack him when they actually told Bottas to attack <laughs> Hamilton. Yeah, like the, I was, oh, <laughs> are they going to allow that? Yeah, it's not not what you expect to hear between two teammates. No. Um, but yeah, Bottas did it really well. Exactly. He right. attacked him in a very safe manner. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that, that order was just like, what? Yeah. I even liked, I, uh, I often listen to the uh, driver, what, what, like the, what they've said in, in the, said during the race, the back and forth between them and the uh, pit crew. Yeah. And uh, just engineers. And I loved hearing Bottas talking right before and right after he passed Lewis Hamilton. Because yeah. before he said, okay, no more talk now. So yeah. they didn't. And then he passed Hamilton. And then he said, okay, now you're allowed to talk to me. Yeah. So <laughs> he declared, yeah, don't, don't, uh, don't disturb me right now. I'm going to focus to overtake this guy. Exactly. Like, I think that he's still, uh, even if he don't win the drivers, I, I think this is a good step in the right way for Bottas. Oh yeah, it's it's the best year he's had. Yeah, like this is impressive. A lot of races has been really good for him. Yeah, last season he was nowhere near Hamilton when it comes to points. Like he was he like a breaking man. He managed thing. to win a race. He managed yeah. to win some races yeah. and he did some good races, but this season he's actually but, been good. Yeah, last year he was kind of a thing used to slow the others down behind yeah. Hamilton. Absolutely, in the later parts of the season. Yeah, he was yeah. just wanted to. He was just going there to protect Hamilton's lead. Yeah, 
And I know we were talking about, I think we were talking about the start of this season after the first races that we wanted maybe Bottas to actually win this season. And of Uh, course he hasn't. I really wanted that. Bottas was so impressive. Yeah. Still a step forward. Yeah, exactly. And, And imagine the scenes if Mercedes win the constructors, but Bottas wins the drivers, not Hamilton. Oh, Imagine mean... the scenes. Oh yeah, that would be amazing. If Bottas takes away Hamilton's chance to level Schumacher. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to but see yeah. Bottas win sometime. Yeah. No, he deserves it. He's been a really good, uh, really good servant, if nothing else. Yeah, exactly. Like he I, I, I didn't see that much from him in, in his Williams days. Uh, back when they were actually a good team, him and Felipe Massa, uh, driving them were actually fourth best team at the time, Williams, which is very weird to think about now. Yeah, it's a lot of different uh, changes between them. I remember when Ferrari was out, out driving everyone. Yeah. It wasn't even funny. Yeah. yeah. They're definitely not doing that right now. Yeah, because uh, Schumacher days, in his, in his glory days, they were he was out driving everyone. That's why it has seven world titles. Okay, let's move on now to Brazil. Upcoming race. And let's start looking at the track as usual. Now, the track's name is Autodrome José Carlos Pache. Sorry if I mispronounced that. I try my best. (laughs) The first race on the circuit was held in 1973. But by then, it was also actually named Autodrome de Interlagos. And even even to this day, even though they changed the name after the 1985 season, it's still more commonly known as Interlagos still to this day. Now, the circuit itself is 4.3 kilometers or 2.6 miles long, and the drivers drive it for 71 laps during one race weekend. It's got 15 corners, which 10 of them are left and 5 are right. So... It's quite strenuous to one side of the neck, this race. Absolutely the end of the track. We'll get there later. Now, there's also two DRS zones, one down the start-finish straight, and one between uh, turn five and six. Uh, sorry, between three and four. I said wrong. So, yeah, race uh, lap starts with a kind of tricky left-right combination downhill uh, right after the uh, start-finish straight. So, a little bit tricky to get your breaking point. Absolutely, if you have DRS coming off the car in front of you. Many, many cars have locked up there through the years. Going through the sec- second DRS straight. And as usual, along with all these tracks, DRS straights are where the highest chance of overtaking is. So I don't really have to say that anymore. So another hard breaking point in turn four into a very tricky, a trickier part of the section, section two. Uh, with a lot of tight corners and a lot of up and down. So once again, a little bit challenged to keep keep the car well on track and, and get as much speed as, as possible through the section, which goes all the way pretty much from turn six until turn 11. This little more windy, tricky part of the track. Now going on to the third sector, which is four left-hand turns. From 12 to 15, it's all left-handed. The first 12 
is a minimum speed kind of thing. Uh, but then through 13, 14, 15, it's full speed, just down the street, trying to just get to the finish line as fast as possible. And this is where much of the strain is going to be to the neck because you're constantly, or the drivers are constantly being pushed sideways uh, in the car because, yeah, just the way the track looks. But yeah, that's pretty much one lap. Now, if you shortly look on what happened here last year, there's two things I want to mention. And let's start with Verstappen. This was a few years ago. This where he really, for the first time, showed how good he was. A rainy day around in Talagos. He just showed how, how good of a driver he could be. And last season, he did that again. Although it's not raining this time. Really good race. Yeah, I think it was really impressive most of the race. One mistake, yeah. only one, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> and that cost him the win. He finished second, Brandon yeah. Lewis Hamilton. Uh, a, uh, Esteban Ocon, uh, a lap behind, trying to unlap himself, coming over the start-finish rate and into the first uh, first corners. And through the first corner, Verstappen's on the inside with Ocon on the outside. And into second, Ocon is still there. And he's still trying to unlap himself. So he holds just on the apex. Just trying to give, give Verstappen the space in the middle of the track. But he's going to stay there. But it seems like Verstappen is expecting Ocon to have dropped behind. Yeah, or so he's tried to get... Yeah. So he's tried to take the uh, apex of the corner. And Ocon doesn't have time. And yeah, collision. Wheel to wheel, but it spins both cars out. No major damage that I know of for either of the cars, but the spin is, yeah, would cost Verstappen to win that race. But yeah, a stupid mistake from otherwise a really good race. And I think he would want some uh, some payback. <laughs> yeah, but that, that, that car was yeah. magnificent that day. The Red Bull cars. Yeah. They, yeah, Ricardo they, finishing fourth. Yeah, they really got their max out of those cars in that race yeah. next year. And who knows? That might be a, a, a car to look out for this season as well. Yeah. But yeah, we'll come uh, on to that more later. Now, the other guy I want to talk about is the best of the rest. Charles Leclerc in a Sauber. Just at this part of the season, this would, this would have been the second to last race of the season. And by this point, Sauber was pretty much the best of the rest car. They passed Haas, they passed Renault, which were pretty much the two teams that were fighting to close down to the top three. Um, but amazing race from him. Yeah, that, and, it was a really good race. Yeah. But there you could really see his skills. Yeah. And that's what I'm looking forward to this race. Even though now maybe the Ferrari is... I don't know, questionable? I don't know. As we talked about earlier, I don't know what is what is happening and what is not happening and if it's true or it's a fault. And I guess that the race will show uh, show what it is. But it's definitely going to be interesting to see uh, Charles around this track because he looked good last season, so I think yeah. he can look good this season. But in one way, if, um, if, uh, Hamilton got a free win there. He wouldn't even yeah. have been close if Verstappen wouldn't have messed up. 
because you can see that on the seconds Verstappen was actually 1.469 seconds behind after that spin still yeah well after the spin it was like 10 seconds behind. yeah but you know what i mean like but of uh, course he had like he had 10 plus levels to gain it but yeah. he got to 1.4 seconds behind exactly him after that, that says behind. a lot about where he was before the spin in a way yeah so yeah which is actually we heard an interesting fact during the the highlights that we just watched to remind ourselves what happened that the win in brazil uh, last season was hamilton's 50th win in 99 races during the current uh rules uh the current era and that's the uh, tur- turbo uh turbo yeah. hybrid era yeah thank you so <laughs> i don't know how it looks right now he i don't think he's won half of the races no but he, now it's still he's, he's won a lot of races this year actually yeah. i don't know i, sh- I sh- we should have looked that up but we didn't yeah. so Sadly, we can't bring you that information, but... No, but we will come back to it. I'm sure of it. Yeah, it just shows how incredibly dominant he's been. Yeah. One driver winning half the races. That's, yeah. Insane. Yeah, it really is. But, with that said, let's move on to what we'll think will happen. Oh, yeah. Now, of course, we don't have a contracted champion uh, championship to fight about, the winners at least. And the driver's standings is also, it's also done now for the winner. But as we mentioned earlier, Racing Point, Toro Rosso, fighting for six to one point in between them right now. This is, a, this is a fight for the third spot in the drivers. Yes. There we have a fight. Yeah, that's a real <laughs> fight. Yeah, Leclerc, 249 points. Verstappen, 235, so 14 behind. And Vettel, 230, five behind Verstappen. And let me put it like this. If Albon would have been driving Red Bull from the start, he would have been in the fight. Yeah. Actually, since Albon joined the team, a little interesting fact there for you. Since he joined the team, he's actually gotten more points than Verstappen. Is that still after the last race? Hmm. I haven't looked that up. Oh, that was a good thing. Last before race, last race, yeah. it, that was truth. Um, yeah, I should have looked that up, huh? I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> really should do our homework better. Yeah. But yeah, we learn, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, re- really well done by Albert. And it's actually, it came out earlier this week that he's now signed for Red Bull for next season. Yeah. So, Which I think is the right call. Yeah, uh, I can say this much. I actually, if Ferrari doesn't do a uh, Really drastic change. I think Red Bull will be the new team number two. Well, yeah. I can probably agree with that. Because Red Bull is just getting better. Something to go from. Like Red Bull (laughs) is just getting better. Yeah. And they have two young, hungry drivers with a really good car. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Interesting to see. Alban a full season in Red Bull. What can he do? Exactly. But who do you have as a winner for this year on this race? I think Hamilton. Yeah, I think so too. Because if it wouldn't be Hamilton that has already won the construct, uh, like the drivers, I would have said someone else. Let me put it that way. If someone else had already taken the drivers, I would have put it 
not that guy. But Hamilton always wants to win. Even if he wins, uh, like now, six drivers in a row. And even, no. even if he's... Or, or what is he, he hasn't done that. But yeah, he's won six. No? Yeah, six at least. Yeah. But uh, he will always drive for the first place, no matter how much he has won already. That doesn't matter at all. Yeah, that's what makes him so good. Exactly. That's why I put Hamilton on there. Yeah. His motivation isn't to uh, win the constructors or win the, the title or anything other than he wants to finish the race first. Yeah. That feels like listening to some interviews with him uh, and just yeah, trying to get the feel of the guy. It feels like his main motivation it's just i want to win every race yeah and it doesn't matter where he is in the constructors it doesn't matter if he's already won it doesn't matter if he's out of contention it doesn't care he still want to win every single race exactly but i'm uh, if you look at the top three from last season we have hamilton verstappen and raikkonen i'm just changing raikkonen that's all the change i'm going to do there and who in somewhere should i put there that's the hard one if, I would place Bottas. Yeah, because of the Ferraris. Uh, Ferrari not getting the maximum out of the car. Yeah, we don't know where Ferrari is. Maybe they'll be up there. If um, you check driver-wise, a... I would pl- put Leclerc there. But yeah. That car hasn't performed as well as it should be. Yeah, last, last race was just weird. And I don't know if that was race-specific or if that new thing placed by the F- uh, FIA was actually hindering the car to work now because they they was forced to remove one of the parts that made the car good. So that's yeah. not a difficult thing. That That's what this race is going to do help a lot, I think. Just get a more view of what is going on with Ferrari. I believe also I heard that Leclerc is actually changing engine going into this race. Uh, what that says i don't quite know was there a problem with the engine uh in last race or is it just that the old engine had these things that are now ruled out i don't know um but and i would probably never know but yeah Yeah. he's changing engine so he's going to start further back yeah then i I don't know about ferrari yeah because i don't believe in vettel in the same way right now no and Albin is good, but he's, no, I don't think he's at that level quite yet. Then Bolas will have to do a big mistake. Yeah. Well, not a, not a big, but he would st- he had to mess up. Yeah. And Bottas does that very rarely, just like Hamilton does. So. Yeah, they have been ridiculously like even uh, this year, like a driver was. Okay, except when uh, Hamilton was sick. Yeah, well, that that's sickness you can never really was it ghastly you can drive anyway yeah <laughs> like i just oh my god if i would have been sick like that i would have been in bed refusing to drive yeah and the team was trying to get him not to drive and it's like nah i want to drive this <laughs> oh my god that's a mad, like a madman yeah and to, but talking about fighting for three, and we're talking about Gasly now, talking about Albin before yeah. the fight for sixth in the in the driver standings. Yeah. Albin eighty four points, 
Science 80, and Gasly 77. Yeah, Albon also surpassed Gasly in a big way. Yeah, like, I guess Albon has the better car, the yeah. Red Bull. Yeah, but the and thing is that... McLaren is probably better than Toroso, yeah. so Science should probably be able to yeah, knock that but if you look at it from this way, uh, soon Albon and Gasly has been driving the same amount of races in both cars. Well, not quite, sadly. No, not quite, but yeah, like... Uh, I believe, uh, and Gasly will... Uh, when the season has ended, Gasly would have driven more races in the Red Bull yeah, than Albon has. But then Albon is really impressive, in my opinion. Yeah. He's already passed him. Yeah. Seven points ahead. And yeah, two races to go, and... Yeah. Two sixth-place finishes is definitely not out of, of, out of tension. That's another 16 points for him. Exactly. Right. And that's with believing that he's going to finish behind both of the red Ferraris, which is very uncertain at the moment. So, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah we, have, gonna, a lot, we it, have a it, lot of things that need to change before the next season here, because the... Come on, us. <laughs> yeah. And Alfa Romeo. Yeah. Yeah, another thing, actually. I think this happened between weekends as well, that Giovinazzi has been confirmed of joining Alfa Romeo for next season. So yeah. it's Raikkonen and Giovinazzi next season as well in, in Alfa Romeo. Yeah. And we also, we, we mentioned Albin locking to Red Bull. We didn't mention that Gasly and Kvyat has both been nailed on for the 2019 roles. Sorry, 2020 roles. In Toroso. So the, that Red Bull thing yeah. is intact, in other words. In other ways. Yeah. Yeah. So the only team not to have locked down their last driver is Williams. They have Russell knocked down. And Kubica is out of there, but they have not said who is going to take that seat. Oh, well, and that will be interesting. Will they? Like, who will take that interesting seat? Yeah, I, we're, we talked about Hulkenberg before, like where would he go? Would he stay in the Formula One? The the probable seats that he could have. Now it's only the Williams seat left. Yeah. But once again, I heard an interview with Hulkenberg that is now a few weeks old. It was before many of these seats got closed. So he might have changed opinion now. But then he said that uh, him and Williams, even though he likes the team, he's driven for them before. Uh, that he could not see uh, him returning there because they would be looking for one kind of driver. He's not what they're searching for right now. Um, so the chances of him ending up as a Williams driver next season seems unlikely. Yeah. Which would spell the end, at least for next season, when it comes to Hulkenberg. Exactly. And who knows? He might be back. He might be not. You, you never know. But yeah. It's looking more and more likely that this, at least for me, looking at his age, looking at uh, the, the very non-flattering statistic that through all his years, Hulkenberg has never finished on the podium. Uh, the longest driver in the history of the sport uh, when it comes to how many races raced in and with no podiums. So, yeah. Will anyone give him a shot like from 2021 and onwards? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either. But if it's a really dry spell of drivers, maybe. 
yeah, but looking at what they have now the, around the exactly. paddock, and looking they, at some of the guys in F2 waiting for to get their chance. Exactly, like they, it's a good like, like uh, they are they are coming more drivers. You can say that much. Yeah, because we have Nicholas Latifi, which I think he was he was in the top of F2. I don't actually know where he finished in the end. Um, but he's been trying out for Williams. He's only going to try out actually in FP1 now in the Brazilian Grand Prix. He's going to do FP1 for Williams, so yeah. he might get the the drive next season. But nothing is official yet. But then we have the winner Nick De Vries, which was amazing throughout the season. Right now he doesn't have an F1 drive for next season, and he might not get one. But who knows for 2021? Raikkonen is. He's still he's getting older and he's he's yeah. out of contract and he's, he's well, already yoking about drivers. his age. Yeah, like there's a lot of drivers going out of contract in 2021, so or yeah. going into 2021. So next year will be an interesting like, year in that sense. Yeah, because there might be some drastic changes coming in 2021 when it yeah. comes to which drivers are driving for which teams. But yeah, that will be interesting, and also like. 2021 will be interesting in a way we have new rules and new things. Yeah. And the cap for spending and oh yeah, trying to bring, the, bring the uh, teams a little bit closer. Will that bring the team closer or not? That's the question. How I will, think it will. But how will the, like, uh, if you count other sports, they have done the, the same thing, but they have done, uh, they had to do some extra rules to get the teams closer to each other. The question is, yeah. will F1 need to do an extra rule to make it even closer, or is the uh, cap enough? Yeah, time will tell. Um, and as, as of now, the cap set. Right now, today, uh, looking at this upcoming weekend, there's only three teams operating on a budget above that cap. So there's only three teams that are going to be act actually hit by it, and that's Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull. Yes. So they are the teams that are going to have to bring down their costs. Every other team can continue as they're doing now. Uh, and some teams are actually far from that uh, like cap. So, yeah. so they're not lowering a lowest cap then? No. Like, there's only three teams that are going to be like having to change what they do uh, for the cap. But... That also means that they will be have less to, uh, less money to spend, and hopefully that will mean they get a little bit closer to the midfield teams. Yeah. They're still going to spend more of the money than anyone else, and that's uh, up to that cap. It's it's their choice to uh, choice to do so, and that will probably mean that they will be up there from twenty twenty one as well. Yeah, it's, but, it's how you spend the money. Also. Yeah, yeah, that is going to be massive. Yeah, for that, every that, team. that will be the interesting part here because some of the top teams might be able to spend a lot of money. Maybe they don't, if you count it dollar by dollar. It's not, yeah. because uh, just because they're a top team, it doesn't mean that dollar by dollar they get the more, most points. No. And if you like, for in right now, for the t three top teams, they can almost like spend some money on a thing that might work. Exactly. And just hope it works. And if it doesn't work, it's no biggie because they have money to spend otherwise or, mm. or otherwhere. But if this cap comes in, or it will come in, twenty twenty one, we said that year a lot, <laughs> a lot of times. But yeah, sorry. Um, when that comes in, 
they won't have really the option to spend if it works. They need to be sure it works before they start manufacturing for, you know, for for the for the car. Yeah, and so that will be unreal. It's going to slow down some maybe some of that top team rebuilding the car, making it better. It will slow down that a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And like, and every it, yeah. it it will be interesting in a lot of ways because everybody like if someone does a chancing wrong it will be worse than the now yeah because yeah a mistake there could actually cost them yeah of course that's true for every team but seeing that the the lower uh, lower down teams don't really have that money to take a chance anyway i don't think it's going to be that much difference for them so I don't think so either. It's still a risk, but yeah. it's not going to be a risk that they're unused to in a way, I think. so. Exactly. But for Mercedes and Ferrari and those teams, they can just, okay, maybe this will work. We can try it. Yeah, as it is right now. Yeah. But that's but a yeah. good thing that it will get, I, hopefully it will get closer. Well, I think it will, depending yeah. on how closer though, like. I don't think it's going to be like all ten, all ten cars can win any race, and no. I don't think it's going to be that close immediately. Uh, but I think it's going to be closer. But it's yeah. not it's still going to be these are the top teams, these are the bottom teams. This is the midfield. I think that it's going to still be a thing. Uh, but hopefully, the distance between the top and the bottom is going to be less. Yeah, I hope so too. And if it is, we'll get better racing. And if the cars are better overtaken, we're going to get more ra better racing. So exactly. And also this idea, I don't know if this is implemented or th think of being implemented. Of kind of uh, qualifying race, uh, a shorter race that would uh, it they would start that race. Uh, I believe. A reversed grid, like the bottom team would start one two, and Mercedes, if they're the best team, is going to finish start nineteen twentieth, and then through that shorter race, they will race to hit their their starting position in the race. So, say the Mercedes managed to get to tenth and eleventh, that's their starting spot in the race. Then, oh my god, that's going to be I... a mess in the first corner. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a mess everywhere. Yeah, because like the, <laughs> but it, it the might best teams need like it. I don't know if I've heard Will Buxton, a guy working for F1, yeah. uh, saying that in an interview talking about this, and that's where I get this information from. I don't know how if it's a thought they have or or they bring it in or it's just I don't know, um, yeah. but um, the the f sound of it, the idea sounds really interesting and i think it could be a really interesting addition to the sport yeah. once they figure out the correct way to to put it in yeah like i'm worried for still the first corner yeah well that's the problem anytime so yeah but this is even worse because the, those faster teams will do everything to pass the other ones as quick as possible yeah, which they would in any other race. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, so, if they start from the top positions, they can get away, you know, in a way. Like, but this is like, they need to squeeze themselves in. Yeah. But to be fair, why, we, I would rather have a fight for the top spot between seven cars than three cars driving away on lap one and then yeah. never to be seen me, again. Me too, actually. Kind of thing, but which still, we uh, see nowadays. Yeah, so. I think they will have a, like... Uh, adjustment period there it could happen a lot of things in the start because of that 
But adjustment period would solve it, I think. Yeah. So interesting. I don't know if maybe it'll happen, maybe not. Yeah. But I think it's an interesting idea and it's worth working on, I think. So exactly. Like uh, my my suggestion is there don't overtake in the first curve. <laughs> well, yeah. I I mean they're not stupid. Yeah. The race drivers aren't stupid. That's why they're race drivers. Exactly. Like, but some of they're them fast in a car and they're not stupidly like they're not yeah. They don't put themselves in unneeded danger. So exactly like so yeah, yeah. I think it's gonna be fine. I think so too. Like but, yeah. after our adjustment period, like they get used to it. Yeah. Because Formula Two has done interesting things there. I I, I believe, aren't they basically yeah. almost having the same car? Well, it is a spec car. Yeah. Every team has the same base. Then of course they are free to do slight variations to it and yeah. some setup changes and stuff like that. And that's what the difference comes from. But. Of course, Formula One won't go that far no, to make every team have the same car. It's still really interesting. But, yeah. yeah. Because uh, one yeah. spec won't work on all drivers. You can't just adjust your specs according to the leading team. Yeah. That's always a thing but to think, think of. Yeah. But I think also the thing in F2 is they got teams, they got two to three drivers in each team, but they're not working as a team as they are in F1. No. Like when the Mercedes drivers work together, Ferrari drivers work together uh, sometimes, and yeah. <laughs> the Red Bull drivers work together. This F2 is every man for himself. Yeah. It just happened to have someone driving the same kind of car as they are. Like, exactly. Uh, which is, yeah. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I think that was it from this for this time. Yeah. And as usual, I asked the question where's the next race? Abu Dhabi. Oh, yeah. Last race of the season. We're there already. Yeah. And that would be pretty Insane. sad. It's, it would be pretty sad, actually. Yeah. We'll be then be out, out without F1 for a few months. Yeah. And then we'll get back hungry and, and ready to, to start Australia and come in next season. Yeah, right. for all insane. Or actually pre-testing first. Pre-testing first, but oh, yeah. yeah. Pre-testing, that's an important thing. Or pre-season testing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I said it too short. But yeah, we will be back in two weeks, is it? If I'm right? I believe so, yeah. I believe it's the... Uh, 29th yeah. to the 1st, yeah. if I check the calendar. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds yeah, exactly. correct. Yeah. Right. But thank you for listening. We had a lot of fun recording it, and I hope you had listening to it. And we will see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.